0: Good evening Family Church Waterside. Uh, Welcome to another edition of Sunday Night Local. Um, It's really great to be able to connect with you um, in this way. I I trust you've all had a blessed uh, weekend, whatever you've been up to. Um, There's a lot of things you can't do in these strange times that we're in, um, these lockdown times, but I trust you've had a great weekend and yeah, it's great to be able to finish it off just bringing the Word of God to you and just Kind of sitting around the word and having a bit of a Bible study this evening, so yeah, looking forward to connecting you, uh, connecting with you, um, in that way. Um, of course, there's lots of things different uh, things are going on in in church, um, during the week. Um, I'm not going to list them all, but you know, the the various things that are going on. Um, we'll mention Men's Connect that's happening this coming Thursday at eight o'clock. Um, as a little bit, I'd really encourage you to be part of that if you're a guy. Um, and there's loads of great stuff going on all throughout the week, so yeah. Stay connected um, during during this time. So uh, a few weeks ago, we started a new series on building the house. Um, we called it, and it's all about um, what do we build the house of our life using the analogy of a house and the house of our life. What are we building it on? Uh, you know, what are the principles in which we we build it? What does God want the house of our life? Uh, to look like, and also an element of that is talking about the, the house of God, talking about church as well. And I want to talk a bit more about that um, as well this evening, as well as what God wants to do in our lives, what he wants to do in us corporately um, as a church body and as a church family. So, yeah, so that's going to be good. So um, we've had a couple of guest speakers the last two weeks. So big thank you to Dan Webb last Sunday and Josh Smith for the Sunday before that. Um, they were looking at two different two different, um aspects of building building the house of your life um, josh was looking about having both looking at the story of nehemiah and kind of other scriptures as well but um look at nehemiah and nehemiah's call um to rebuild the walls of jerusalem and josh was talking about having a mind to work having a mindset um yeah just having a mindset to work that is god's intention for us to be to be busy busy for him not not busy wasting time but to be busy doing productive things to him to be to be fruitful. And last week, Dan Webb was um, great message, was talking about the importance of unity and kind of what that looks like and and how powerful it is um, when we're all united together. So kind of that's that's a platform that that we've been laying on the last couple of Sundays. But yeah, just want to just talk about some going ongoing stuff um, that God wants to speak into our hearts tonight about what we build our life on, what's what's God got for us next. You know, what are His principles? Us. So before we go into that, let's just pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, you are a good, good God. You are a good, good Father. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of that, Lord God. And we thank you for your Word, Lord. It's a Lord. It's just such a blessing to us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we'll all just have open hearts this evening. I pray you to speak directly into our hearts and our spirits, Lord. That you will just say what you want to say, Lord. You will just do what you want to do, Lord God. And you, Lord, you will change our thinking, Lord. Change our hearts, Lord. Change our mindsets, Lord, tonight, Lord God, we want to build our lives, Lord, on what you want to build our lives on. We want our lives to look like, Lord, what you want them to look like. Lord, we just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what are we talking about tonight is about taking new ground, taking new ground. And I believe that God wants us always to be taking new ground for him as he builds our life and that he wants us to be taking new ground and advancing um, for him. That God has always got new things ahead for us. We look right at the very beginning of this series. We looked at, you know, see, I'm a new, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? For I make a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. So God is always wanting to do a new thing in our lives. We want to talk more about that, what it actually looks like as we take uh, new ground for him as we advance into all that he has for us. So I'm going to look at a kind of, um, couple of key scriptures uh, first of all, just to give some um, kind of Old Testament background. I'm not going to look at the story of Nehemiah, uh, this week but we'll be coming back to next week and i'll be sharing with wendy um along with wendy next week so that's gonna be good um so we're looking more at nehemiah but there's other kind of old testament passages i want to look at um receiving and just to draw some stuff out of that as to what god wants to do um in our lives so we can learn from that and learn from the principles that god has for us so i'm going to be looking at joshua chapter one and it's joshua chapter one it records when the israelites were about to go into the promised land now, if you know your your history of what was happening with the Israelites, this wasn't their first attempt at going to go into the promised land. Um, you know, the incredible things that happened and they, as you know, were 400 years of slaves um, in Egypt. And God miraculously brought them out of Egypt from under under Pharaoh and Pharaoh and all his army were destroyed in the Red Sea, which the Israelites miraculously went through. So they were kind of the 10, the, you know, the 10 plagues happened first then they escaped from Egypt um, Then they kind of got to the edge of the promised land and Moses, who was the leader at the time that God had put in place, he chose 12 of his 12 guys, 12 of his leaders to kind of spy out the land and to bring back a report of what the promised land looked like. Remember, they would have carried it in their heart. This was this had been God's promise for them all this time. They knew what the promises had been to Abraham kind of hundreds of years before um, that, that God had a promised land, promised land for them. So it should have been carrying that in, in their heart, you would have thought, hopefully. But they, they sent in 12, 12 spies sent into the land. And without going to, you know, we've got time to read all the scriptures on this. But 10 come back with a bad report. And 2 come back with a good report. That's Joshua and Caleb. And come up with a great report. It's like, well, God, God is for us. Um, you know if, if God is for us who can be against us you know there might be some some you know some big cities in the land there's some people we've got to defeat and some victories are going to and need to be won but this is a great land it's a land that's flowing with milk and honey this is an awesome land that God's brought us into um, and that God's going to bring us a victory you know great response certainly you'd think it would be the response of everyone you'd hope um, but sadly 10 of the 12 um, had a very bad report um, they let fear into their heart and anxiety so they're people being people of fear rather than the faith and they brought back a bad report and were like, no, this place is, this is not good. Um, there's giants in the land. Um, there's fortified cities. Um, we're all basically gonna die here. Um, you know, Moses isn't a good idea. And and sadly, those those 10 leaders, those 10 spies were very, with the bad report, were very influential um, um, on the remaining Israelites. And basically, they didn't want to enter. And it ends up, they wander basically for 40 years um, in the wilderness until that whole generation um, is passed passed on, um, sadly, and that had never been God's plan. God's plan for them had been for them to go in um, straight away, um, but because of their own disobedience and believing a bad report and not trusting God in it all, then it doesn't happen for a whole another 40 years. Anyway, so that's kind of the background as to what's happened to it. So, so now we've got a whole new generation ready to enter the Promised Land. Joshua is now the leader, and uh, Joshua, as I mentioned, Joshua and Caleb. So Joshua was one of those, one of the two out of the 12 that came back with a great report which is believing God in faith and then believing that this was a fulfillment of God's promises for the Israelite nation you know to enter the promised land so this is recorded in Joshua 1 verses 1 to 10 so after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord the Lord said to Joshua son of Nun who, who was Moses aide, Moses my servant is dead now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory would extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, or the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, Joshua. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Just a few more verses. Be strong and very courageous. God said, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. That's definitely an ongoing theme there, isn't it? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua verse ten, Joshua one verse ten. So Joshua orders the officers of the people go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. So here's the context of what's what's happening here. So God's got these great promises. He's so telling Joshua and, and, and the people, the Israelites, to be strong and courageous. I'm going to be God was saying I'm going to be with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, this is the promised land I have for you. And 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 Joshua, who'd always been a man of faith anyway, as we said, he was one of those twelve spies forty years previously, he'd be he'd be ready to enter the promised land. He was already, you know, ready at that point. But so Joshua was a man of faith, and he was and saying to the Israelites, right, from me, three days from now, we're gonna cross the Jordan River and we're gonna go and take possession of the land. So the Israelites then enter the promised land. So it's always God's intention for us. I've got another, some more Old Testament scriptures to look at in a second. But just to bring out of that, it's always God's intention for you to be taking possession of new land. What I mean is advancing for him. You know, I don't know what your last year has looked like, obviously, in terms of what's been going on in our nation and our world. It's been a very strange year. But I mean, just kind of what, what you, kind of your world uh, is looking like with you um, in your, and your family. But what I want to say to you is that God's got so much more for you. God is wanting you to advance. God is wanting you to take hold of all that he has for you. But, you know, we've got a big part to play in that as to kind of what we want to happen um, in this situation. Are we wanting to advance into all that he has uh, for us? And I'm gonna talk about later about some of the things that, that God wants us to pray uh, and to pray pray into that. But God God's desires for you to be advancing. God's desire for his whole kingdom, for the kingdom of God itself to always be advancing, to always be moving forward into into new territory him. So the Israelites here here they are, they're, they're going forward into this new territory and they enter the promised land and one of the first things they do is 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 come to Jericho and if you know the story, you know that Jericho was a very heavily fortified city, had very high walls kind of around it. Um and it was not gonna be an easy certainly in the natural would be a very, very difficult um city to take. Um, you know, there were soldiers there and, and you know armed soldiers on all the walls, etc. And um, you know, they seemingly those um, in the city of Jericho would have had the clear advantage certainly in a the natural they, they would have done but their first mission that God had for the Israelites was to deal with Jericho if they were going to occupy the land and advance into all that God had for them this was going to be their first mission that, that he had this was his first plan um, for them so it records this in Joshua 6 moving on a few chapters Joshua 6 verses 1 to 6 now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. So they, they were well aware in Jericho about the Israelites that had now come into the land. And there were lots of them. Um, so they, they securely barred the gates. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. So God, God had a plan. God, God had a strategy here. Uh, for what he wanted to do god god always has a plan I'll talk more about that in a second but god always has a, has a plan so uh, verse 3 march around the city once with all the armed men do this for 6 days have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark on the 7th day march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets have the whole army give a loud shout then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go everyone straight in Verse six, so Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, that, that's what, that was God's presence in what's happening here in these Old Testament times. Um, the Ark of the Covenant was, was um, literally carrying the presence of God himself. So take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. So, So God had a very clear plan here. Very clear plan to go into the Promised Land. One of the first obstacles they they come across is Jericho. But God again has a very clear plan. Was was always the plan was always to be for them to advance and to step into all that God desired for them. And you know, and this was kind of no issue to God. Man, you know God can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, as Ephesians three twenty says. There's nothing that's impossible for God, and the natural look like an impossible situation. But with God, all things are possible. Praise God. And that's so good. So encouraging. Amen. So and then and then that kind of story plays out that, that Joshua and the Israelites are very obedient to to the what they've been told to do, to march around the city. And and then, on you know, when the trumpets sound on the sixth on the sixth day, uh, seventh day, sorry, um, to have a big shout. And and then the walls collapse and there's something very spiritual going on there they didn't think collapse just because of it. they shouted no <laughs> one they just shouted so loud the walls fell down but it was because you know what was supernaturally happening um, at that point is they shouted and, and, and praised and that's what i believe it shouts of praise i don't believe they're just shouting <laughs> random things they're just shouting out praise to god and and as they, as they did that something supernatural shifted and all the walls collapsed and an incredible victory takes place the city's destroyed the city's routed and kind of all their enemies uh, all certainly all those particular enemies, because there's a lot more enemies they come on to, um, you know, to deal with or God deals with at a later stage. But these these initial enemies um, are all destroyed um, and dealt with you know, at that time. So kind of what does all that mean for us this is kind of a nice story and a nice story in the Old Testament and a, and a great account. But what does this all mean uh, for us thousands of years later since this took place? So God's plan for us is to always be advancing and taking new ground. It's the main thing to draw out of those stories. And, and God, always ha- God always has a plan in that as well. God always has a strategy. God always has a, a way of doing it. And we don't always have to be able to work it out in our own minds. In fact, that can often be the worst thing <laughs> that we can do. I don't know about you, but certainly, certainly in, in, in my, just, just the way I'm wired, I guess, I try and logically work things out. Well, God might do this and he might do this. And he might do this, and he might use that person, he might use that person. And just try and work it all out um, in in my mind. Now, of course, there could be an element of that that God's just trying you, to get you to think through strategies, and of course, that's not a bad thing. But often it could just be your own mind, kind of, and you just think, well, I can I can work this out. I know what to do here, and I know what to do here. And what God's wanting us to do is just totally rely on Him. Um, you know, if if you asked Joshua, been able to ask Joshua, uh, kind of interview him um, at that point before that happened. was the first thing in his head to march around the city for seven days um, to be dead quiet for six of those days, and on the seventh day um, give a big shout? That probably wasn't in his kind of military strategy for taking the city. But God had God had a plan, and God knew what's happening um, in the supernatural there. It was a stand of faith you know, to march around for six days. You can imagine the anxiety that was causing, you know, within the city itself as they were like, what are these, what are these guys doing? They're not even saying anything. they just randomly march around the city. You can imagine that started to cause um, anxiety, you know, within them. And on the seventh day, they shouted praise to God. They had a great victory. So God's plans for us to always be advancing and taking new ground for him. And he always has a strategy, a way, a way of doing it for us. I want to look at three particular scriptures that kind of just draw these things out. Psalm 16 says this, Uh, this is Psalm 16 verses 5 to 8. Psalm 16 verses 5 to 8. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him and my right hand, I will not be shaken. Those are great verses there. I will not be, I will not be shaken. Amen. That, that's great. Let's keep our eyes on God. But the one particular, particularly verse six, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a delightful inheritance. God wants you to, in your life to have a delightful inheritance um, in him. Amen. That's God's desire for you to, to expand your boundary lines, for them to fall in pleasant places for you. Maybe you've had a real, real tough year. What I want to say is that what I want to say to you and just encourage you, there are good times ahead, that God's still got great plans for you. There's still great things he wants to do in your life. He wants you to keep advancing for him. But you need to listen to, you know, key to that is we need, you all need to do that. You need to listen to his voice. I need to listen to his voice as we move forward into all that he has for us. But he wants our boundary lines to be in pleasant places he wants you to have a delightful inheritance just like that was his plan uh, for the Israelites as they went to the promised land that is his plan plan for you to be to be advancing into all new territory that he has for you now those are God's desires for you and that's what's really important to remember these are not selfish things to think because it can be easy to think well I don't know about that I you know I I can't be believing God for that Um, to have pleasant boundary lines to be in pleasant places and to have a delightful inheritance no that's not selfish. That's not a selfish prayer, anyway. This is God's desire and God's plan for you to be believing for those things. Amen. Isaiah 54 verses 1 to 3 says this: "Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child; burst into song and shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband." Says the Lord. Verse two: "Enlarge the place of your tent; stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back." Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the desolate cities. So again, here God is, God is, God is saying, you know, enlarge the place of your, place of your tent. They obviously. You know, many of the Israelites would have lived in tents um, at that time and enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. You know, be, be strengthened. Strengthen the stakes that are holding your, your tent up and, and spread. And then also just move on and, and spread out to the right and to the, to the left. And, and your descendants are going to dispossess nations and they're going to settle in their desolate cities, just like um, it Jer- has happened here with Jericho in this account. So that, is, that was always God's desire for the Israelites. And again, it's a desire for you. If you just spread out to the right and, and to the left enlarge the place of your tent I and mean, then what are you believing over your own life it starts at verse one sing barren woman you who never bore a child burst a song shout for joy it's talking about it's just using the analogy of a, of a of a lady who's not able to have children and just encouraging them to to, to shout for joy and saying that god's going to supernaturally birth something here going to it's going to birth something great here it may seem impossible so what was happening here is, is talking about an impossible situation where some a lady who's barren who cannot have children it's an impossible situation we saw that of course with abraham um and and sarah of course of what god does god does there and, and isaac that ends up being being birthed amen supernaturally and you know you who never bore a child shout for joy you know you who were never in labor burst into song that's god's desire even things look impossible in the natural to birth out something incredible and something supernatural you do step into all that God has for you. So often what, what what limits what God can do in our lives is just our own thinking. You know, the Bible says, for my for my ways, God God's speaking here, for my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And and, and what God is doing is encouraging us to start thinking the way that he thinks and start having the same desires that he desires for him to impart them to us. Amen? You know, we just need to expand our thinking. You know, be, be transformed by the renewing of our mind, as Romans 12 verse 2 says. Praise God. So in larger places, for your tents. Keep being strengthened and advancing. God has so much more for you and so much more um, for, your, for your family. If you're married with kids as well, for your family as well. God, God has so much more for you and, and your marriage and, and your kids and, and, and your finances and, just, and, and your job. There is, there is so much more in God. Amen. Let's never ever be limited by, in, you know, by what God can do in our lives. Just by limited by our own thinking. Because it's kind of hit a lid in our in life but the lid is is, is not god the lid, lid is us remember god is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine i don't know about you but i can ask and imagine a lot of things you know for god but god could still do exceedingly abundantly above those and he can do things that, are, that in the natural are completely impossible praise god so one chronicles is one more scripture one chronicles four nine to ten it says this there's a guy called jabez it says this jabez was more honorable than his brother's his mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. So his name kind of means pain. That's a lovely name to have, isn't it? But Jabez, verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. And God granted his request. So Jabez has this great prayer here. Bless me and enlarge my territory. So that is a prayer that God wants us to pray, you know, there are whole books written about that. There's a, a famous book came out um, probably about a decade or so ago, which is called The Prayer of Jabez, just encouraging people to, to pray, to bless, to pray to God, to bless them and enlarge my territory. And it can kind of sound, it sounds not quite right, doesn't it? And I, I, I realise that. You kind of think, well, hang on a minute. Is, is, that, is that really what God wants you to pray? No, it absolutely is what he's pra- what he wants you to pray. It's his will for your life. Let's be like Jabez. God, that you bless me, enlarge my territory, because that is God's desire for you. For God to enlarge your life, to enlarge the house of your life. You just step into all that he has, uh, all that he has for you. To be continually growing in him, to be continually fruitful in him, to be continually reaching others, others for him. Amen. continue to to grow into all that he desires for us. Praise God. But it's not in any way a selfish prayer. Praise God, it is always his will. You know, God always has strategies God always has strategies and he always has a plan. You know, one thing that was a well-known kids program when I was um, a child of the 80s, <laughs> as fun as it was, that um, no, was a great era. Anyway, and uh, one, of those, one of the programs um, well-known during that time, which many of you may remember or know, is the A-Team. And one, one thing that used to be very much quoted from the A-Team was, was a guy, Hannibal, I think he was called. We um, used to say, I love it when a plan comes together. And I, I love it. I, I love that when a plan comes together. I love it when God's plans come together. When well, You can just see what God is doing in people's lives. Or, or I can see what God's doing in my own life or just observing as a pastor what God is doing in other people's lives. You can just see God's plan and that being outworked in, in their lives. There's no greater joy just to kind of watch that, watch that happen. So God always has strategies and, and principles for you to take new ground for him. Amen. So it's so kind of what do, those, what do those things look like? Well, I just encourage you to ask God in this, ask God, what are those strategies? You know, maybe you're in a, in a job from let's just be real practical about this stuff. Maybe you're in a job that you really don't enjoy, and you know and it kind of pays the bills or pretty much pays the bills, but that's the situation that you find yourself in. I'd encourage you to pray about it to to, to believe for, for new new territory for God believe that god's going to change that situation we I mean, do what you practically need to do send your cv off do what we need to do make job applications do what you need to do in the practical but but believe in him for that don't don't just think well this is just kind of my lot in life that it's not god's desire for you remember he's his desire it's always new territory new ground for him for you to be advancing advancing and maybe there's other kind of just just areas in your life where you're just wanting to see change well be believing god for change doesn't always happen instantly and we know that god's timing is perfect of course both those things are true but be believing for it and don't don't give up believing amen so i'd encourage you to ask god for wisdom ask god for wisdom in your life if there, there are things that he wants you wants you to do is there things that he wants your thinking to change the ways in which he wants your thinking to change ask god for peace in your life ask god for provision in your life ask god for blessing in your life just like jabez did Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, asking for blessing, asking for protection over you and, and your, your marriage and, and, your, and your family, and your friends, asking for new territory. God, what does that look like? What, what do you want me to do? And, and ultimately, I'd encourage you to ask God for strategies. There may be these things you're wanting to walk in, but you just do not know what to do. This is where, again, we need the wisdom of God. So here's just kind of some key questions you can be asking in your prayer life. God, what decisions do I need to make? Are there some decisions that I need to make kind of moving forward and God help me to make the right decisions? I don't want them to be done in a worldly wisdom. A lot of God, I need your wisdom. Impart to me, Lord, your wisdom. Or another question, what do I need to believe God for? Are there things in your life right now that you need to be believing God for and believing for God to change? Another question, what does God have for me next? Don't ever settle for where you are. Even if things are going incredibly well in your life, and that, that, that's amazing, but God still has more for you. God still has more plans for your life. There's still more that God wants to do in you, and there's more that what God wants to do through you. He still wants to be more blessing to, you know to your, to your family, to your friends he wants to use you he wants you to be more fruitful and to become more and more like him and in the fruit of the spirit to become more and more christ-like he wants you to reach more people he wants you to reach reach your world for him you know of course we're doing about soul winner uh, at the moment about reaching our world now god has got so much more for us so key questions what decisions are there decisions i need to make what do i need to believe god for what does god have for me next what are the next steps in his plan for my life know we don't need to know everything that god has mapped out for the whole rest of our lives and to be quite honest if we did know it would quite it may actually just freak us out I'm like oh we're not doing that that's scary that's terrifying I don't, I don't know whether i can do that god so we don't need to know what's going to happen for the next 20 30 years but what we do need to know is the next steps Praise God. You know, the Bible says that his word is a lamp unto the feet and a light to my path. I've used this analogy before, but it's it's a good analogy, I think, where it's the, the kind of what I see in my mind's eye is almost like being out in a new forest, like right out in the middle of nowhere in a new forest and all you've got is a, is a torch or the light on your phone or whatever. And so all you can see is just like a meter in front of you. You can't you can't see what's a mile away or even what's 100 metres away or maybe not even 10 metres away. But, but you can see what the next steps are. And that's what it's like, I think, in the life of a Christian, I believe. You don't need to know what all the next 100 steps are, but, but God, God's desire is for you to know what the next step is. You know, for the Israelites, they, they knew it was God's plan for them to take the promised land, but they didn't need to start worrying about, you know, when they first got there, they just need to be concerned about Jericho and, and think about Jericho and what God's going to do there. There was other cities they had to take. There's tons of other places they had to take and other, um, you know, people's um, you know, they had to conquer, etc., cetera, for them to fully enter into the promised land. But they didn't need to know what was going to happen for the next 10 cities. They just needed to know what was happening with Jericho and what God's desire was for it there. So I'd be encouraging you to in God for what are the next steps for him. It, you know, what does is, what is God want to do next in your life? And as he used the word of God, it would be a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. It might only shine for the next few steps, so you know, where, where you're going and, and where you're walking for the next few steps. You know, but God, God will guide you. Uh, along that path that He has for you, Amen. You know you can't out-ask God. You can't out-ask God. Remember, He can do seemingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine. So have big dreams. I encourage you to, you know, be believing for for great things. Be believing for things that in the natural seem impossible. You know, because you cannot out-ask God, and there's nothing that He cannot He cannot do. Amen. You know, God has always wanted to advance his kingdom. I was thinking a lot about the kind of the single mindedness of Jesus. Been watching with the family, been watching um, The Chosen um, at the moment, which many of you may well have watched and um, we're a bit, bit late to the party, maybe watching that cause I know it came out uh, a few months ago. But anyway, been watching that at the moment. It's just, just, it just, just kind of brings the whole uh, word of God to life. And it's just interesting just watching that and how just single minded Jesus was. He wouldn't get distracted by what people, um, you know, what, what other people's desires for him were what other people thought he should do or you know was defeat the romans and you know kick them out and, and other people thought he should look like this and he should do this and he should or he shouldn't do that and he shouldn't do that but but jesus was just completely single-minded it's like no i've come here and it, obviously the ultimate plan for him was to die on a cross but also just to teach about the kingdom and to advance the kingdom of god and, and to reach and to reach the lost and and Jesus was so single minded that was not distracted. He had great compassion and empathy for everyone, of course. And there'd be times when he went off to pray and a and crowd would turn up and he would, you know, kind of um you know, it was hard for him to find time for himself. He'd always have empathy and compassion and would then go and minister uh, to those people. But at the same time he but he wouldn't be distracted. He was very single minded about what God's plan was for his life. So I encourage you to be single minded. Jesus is a great example of that. Let's be focused on what God has for us next. What is He? What how is He wanting us to advance into the next thing for us? Amen. Praise God. You know, too many Christians they kind of just get distracted, distracted by by circumstances, distracted by I don't know, social media or TV. Not picking on anybody or anything, but just just think of examples. Distracted by social media or by TV and or you know by the internet, and just things that could just be distractions in our world, or what someone's going on in someone else's world can be a distraction, or just distracted just by circumstances. In our lives so let's not allow that to happen let's stay focused on, on what god has for us amen and you know, kind of and as we start to kind of um bring this towards a close time's gone very quick as it always does at sunday night local just want to say just a few things about us corporately what, what, what about us corporately and, and advancing for him taking new ground taking new territory for god you know that is always god's plan it's god's plan for our individual lives and it's his plan for us as, as a corporate body as a corporate church family now Jesus promised that he would build his church. It's his intention for the church to be advancing and a bit going forward. Matthew 16 verse 13 to 18 records this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, simon peter was interesting wasn't he? sometimes sometimes his answers got him into, into trouble sometimes because he just would say the first thing that came into his head but this is a great moment here for peter verse 16 simon peter answered you are the messiah the son of a living god jesus replied blessed are you bestly simon son of Jonah, if this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my father in heaven and i tell you that on that you are peter and on this rock i'll build my church and the gates of hades will not overcome it so it's, it's always God's plan to be building his church amen and we just get the the fun job of being co-laborers it's another scripture I can't remember where it is off the top of my head but it talks about us being it's in the new testament it talks about us being co-laborers uh, with Jesus and so we are co-laborers with him but ultimately it's Jesus who is of course is the head of the church and ultimately it's Jesus who will build his church we just get the fun job of doing that with with him, and working alongside him. amen. But I just want to draw out that bit. I oh, build my church and the gate of Hades, gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, you may think, think. well, what, you know, you can kind of read that scripture and, and um, maybe not necessarily think about it. But if you start to think about it, it's like, well, what's the gates of Hades or the gates of hell? Some translations say, well, what, what what does that mean? What are these gates? Why are we fighting against gates? Um, and who's hate And what's Hades anyway? What's that all about? So if you kind of know your history of Israel, Israel. Um, You know, that kind of pre pre the Romans and the Romans had kind of conquered Israel and Europe and including most of Britain, etc. It was all under Roman occupation. Um, But kind of uh, previous to that, um, Israel had been kind of part of the Greek Empire. It's why the Greek language was the common uh, written language, hence why the New Testament is written in Greek. Um, I don't know how they made all that work, <laughs> because they're all speaking different languages everywhere. The Romans spoke Latin and and yeah, Jews mainly spoke Hebrew, but then wrote in Greek. I don't know how they made all that work. And some spoke Aramaic as well. <laughs> the translators must have like been making a fortune. I don't know. But anyway, but Greece, the kind of Greek, um, Greek culture had been very influential historically um, in Israel. And if you know anything about Greek mythology, then Hades is the personification of death himself, death itself. So... When it's talking about the gates of Hades, it's talking about the gates the gates of death. The Hades would have been understood by the people listening to this. This is a personification of, of death. So, just a few verses. So, what, so why was Jesus saying this? In so Matthew 16, verse 21, so just a few verses later, Jesus then says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life so it's interesting but i believe what jesus was saying is on this rock i build my church and the gates of hades or or death itself will not overcome it and then the context of that is then just a few verses later he was talking about what was going to happen to him that he was going to die but he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life so jesus was going to build his church but even death himself would not overcome it so it's just even death itself couldn't hold jesus amen <laughs> praise god for that As a teacher of the law and the chief priests and the elders it's written there. that that he would be killed by them and then would raise life with defeat death once and for all it said it made a kind of a show made an embarrassment of all the all the powers of darkness they couldn't hold jesus so and and just in the same way i believe jesus was connecting these two things in the same way even death and all it symbolizes kind of the powers of darkness and all symbolized by it cannot stop the church advancing just like the death couldn't hold jesus couldn't hold him in the grave then the gates of hades or death itself or cannot stop the church advancing that's so exciting amen there's nothing that can stop the church growing to all that god desires it to be so god's plan for you and for us as a church as a church body and a church family corporately is to take new ground for him It's god's plan for you individually and for your families and for your spouse and your families and your finances and your jobs and and your kind of your, your good works for him and you know how fruitful you are in life and how you become more and more christ-like it's his desire for you to become more and more um you know more and more um taking new territory for him amen and taking new ground for him and the same for us as a church body corporately to be taking new ground for him and advancing all that God has for us, He will build His church, the house of God. I'm talking about building the house amen, men, building the house of your life, and building the house of God. It's God's desire for us as a church to always be taking new ground for Him to be advancing. We've Family Church Waterside we're, uh, uh, next month. We'll be completing ten years of Family Church Waterside, and that's gone quick, isn't it? If you've been with us right, sin- right since the beginning, obviously the last, the last years have been very different, um, but it's been, a, it's been a great ten years and been amazing what God has done over those 10 years and but it's God's desire for us to always be taking new ground for him it's been great to look back and see that the so it's myself and Wendy have looked back at that and to see all all the new ground we have taken um and the great victories we've had and, and people have been saved and just an awesome um healings have taken place and all the kind of that that amazing stuff that God does in reaching the community but God has got so much more for us and I'm just excited about about the future and we will be physically meeting again um in in time you know God knows and it's just really looking forward to all that God's going to do uh, through that as we continue to advance his kingdom for his glory. So it's God's desire for you to be always moving forward for him, to always take a new ground for his glory. Let's be like like Jabez, Lord, that you would bless me, that you would bless my marriage, bless my, bless my family, bless, bless my finances, uh, bless my job, bless the, all that you desire for me to be. Lord, you bless and enlarge my territory. Lord, I want to reach more people. I want to be more like you. I want to be more more fruitful. Lord, use Lord, Lord, let me grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Use me in the gifts of the Spirit. Lord God, use me, Lord, for Your glory, Lord, and for Your kingdom. I want to be. I don't want to, my my thinking to any way limit You, God, in what You desire for me. Enlarge, bless me, and enlarge my territory, Lord God. May my boundary lines fall in pleasant places. Amen. Praise God. And just like the the Israelites. Lord, Lord God, we believe you Lord, for great victories. Lord God, it may look naturally impossible with these great big cities that, and like the great big city of Jericho that they face. Lord God, but we believe, Lord, when we follow your commands and you give us strategy, Lord God, Lord, that we will take those cities down in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited of what God's going to do in us as a church and what God's going to do in your life um, individually in this in this coming year ahead. Praise God. Blessed be believe in God for good things and taking new ground for him let's just pray together thank you jesus thank you lord thank you lord lord you are a good good god thank you lord lord I thank you it's your desire for us do we always take a new ground for you lord we see that Lord right throughout the bible lord what you did here lord with the israelites lord and how they took the promised land as it has always been your plan for them Lord, for what you did there, Lord, and in the same way, Lord God, you want us to always be advancing for you and taking new ground for you, Lord. You want us to to live in the promised land, Lord, that you have for us, Lord God. And I pray, God, that you will just give us strategies in our lives, Lord God. If there's things we need to be, Lord, praying for. Lord, what new steps do I need to take? What's the next step for me, Lord God? What do you have for me next? Are there some decisions, God, that I need to make? other things lord i need to be believing you for lord god lord give us wisdom in that give us give us strategies lord we want to be obedient to you we don't want to get distracted just like jesus was single-minded lord we don't want to be distracted by the things that are going on around us lord we just want to be focused, lord into for us lord god lord we pray lord your your wisdom your peace your provision your blessing your protection lord and strategy lord for everybody listening to this in the mighty name of jesus use us for your glory Lord, enlarge our, Lord, oh Lord, you would bless us like the prayer of Jabus, oh Lord, you would bless us and enlarge our territory. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's been great to connect with you again this evening. I trust that's really spoken into your life. And uh, I'm just so excited about all that God's got ahead for us individually and, and corporately as a church body as we advance into, continue to advance into 2020 and take new ground for Him. Amen. So, as I said, uh, the beginning, of myself and Wendy going to be sharing together on Sunday night local uh, next week. So it's going to be really, really good. Um, so look forward to that. And have it, have a great week. I'm uh, praying for you all. We miss you all, and yeah, stay safe. And more importantly, or most importantly, stay stay connected um, during this time.